when you've lost meaning in life and you just feel stuck. You don't know how to go on. You've lost satisfaction in your work, in your job. Why did I go to uni? You've lost satisfaction in your relationships, friends, family, sexual. Why even seek a partner? What is the reason for living in here? If it's all one big simulation or is some divine creator set upon a purpose for me, which I am just bereft of, I have no idea what that could be. Or is this all just an accident of evolution? And that consciousness itself is something that just gets turned out like a light the moment that my physical existence ceases to be. I want you to know that if you're coming into this podcast right now and you feel like you're in that place, stuck, meaningless, purposeless, it's okay. Take a deep breath for me. Pack yourself a little empathy because this existential crisis that we all do go through is far more prevalent now in our hyper-modern worlds in which that success has been exported out to the external, in which that we are not inherently imbued with purpose from the moment that we leave the womb. For most of your great-great-great ancestors, their purpose was their tribe. Their purpose was getting the next generation into the next. Their purpose then, as agricultural technological revolution started to happen, became the nation. You have nation states in which you have this patriotism to make sure that we don't get destroyed by the next country. And so you have world wars in which that young men find inherently this natural draw to want to protect the women, the children, the parents, the old people to ensure their daily survival. That's all natural. I think you can all listen. You can all feel that within you. If we were to place a world war upon us right now, not that I would ever wish so, but I feel that most males would rise to the call. Most of us would try and do anything that we can, whatever, if that means you're only fit to be able to manufacture munitions or whether you're going to be on the front lines, but you would help in some way. And I think we can all feel that intensely. And of course, no one would want a world war, but it would definitely solve a lot of the purpose problem because it would be something I think that sings to our DNA, to our genes, existence itself. However, if you are listening to this and you have a device to listen to this, you are most likely not in the place in which that your daily survival is of concern, which that you probably have enough to eat. You probably have a roof over your head and heating and air conditioning, etc. You probably have a car as well to get you where you need to go. So the problem now lies as to what you will do with your life. What is it that you will walk forward with that would ensure that you would leave on your last breath? with a sense of fulfillment. So today's session is going to be based on an email that has been sent in by a long-time listener who is in Germany and is currently finding himself lost for purpose, lost for meaning, doesn't really know what to do with his life. We're going to break down his email that is definitely going to split into purpose, not only in macro, but also in the micro of your relationships, particularly sexually. We'll touch some social dynamics in terms of the purpose of having a woman in your life if you're a man, if you don't have a larger purpose. We'll talk about the hierarchy of purpose. We'll also talk about setting criteria for success, for fulfillment, so that you do not export that out to society, but you allow that to be internally driven, internally. We'll talk about the concepts of what a driver is, what a vehicle is when it comes to purpose. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Bold Dojo Podcast. We're the home of self-cultivation, a place where we can just dive into social dynamics, where we can understand how best to interact with other human beings and learn about ourselves in relation to others if you have any questions or personal stories that you would like to get my feedback on you can always send them through at boldojo.com b-o-w-l-d-o-j-o.com any one of the contact forms there or you can also reach out to me on social media on instagram at uitang1 double oi tang1 or on facebook which is just facebook the adam ui you guys can find all the links down below to that also if you're not signed up to the free weekly email newsletter the bowl sip you can do so over at boldojo.com. Just a quick sip of Social Dynamics, little cheeky article. It's free every single week. Comes out on Fridays, Australian time. 
and also some other sexy updates from the rest of the universe and any other things that I think you guys need to know about that will not get censored over on social media once off sessions. And I look forward to diving deeper with you. You can also pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, on boldoja.com. A nice five track. Eh, we call it an album, but it's actually more of a course. Just diving deep into who you are and evolving beyond. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash Adam Ui, A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Or also directly on boldojo.com in the Boldojo podcast section. There's a direct link through the website if you want to donate through that as well. And anything that you guys donate is always most appreciated and just goes back to help supporting this show and everything that I'm doing here at The Bowl. So thank you very much. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. So let's begin today's podcast with this email sent in from X, just to keep him anonymous, from Germany. Subject, life, message. Hello, Adam. It's X from Germany. I wanted to write to you a long time. I think I follow your channel since 2014, 2015. Right now I'm stuck. I don't know how to go on, to be honest. I made my bachelor in economics and wanted to work in sales. I've worked two sales jobs and then quit because it wasn't my thing. Too much stress and just not feeling it. With Corona, I started to work in IT remotely because working in a company would be very difficult because you needed to be vaccinated. This job I do now since the last six months, I just had the feeling that time passes away fucking quickly. I'm now 28 and in four months I'll be 29. My last relationship was now one and a half years ago, and I think a lot about her. I met many girls after her, but never fell in love again. And I don't feel sexual desire anymore like with her. She now has a new boyfriend since one year ago, and I know that I quit the relationship, but since then I feel like I'm stuck. I have a problem with my food, so I cannot really put much weight on, but I still try to train every two days, and that keeps me going but I would still really love to feel all my body, my whole body again. I know it's a lot of input, but that's my situation. I know I want to get unstuck, but I don't know how. I meditate, I work out, I do my breathing exercise. I eat healthy and go on demonstrations, corona, freedom massage, which feels aligned with me, but I still feel time is running and I'm not doing what I love. And at the same time, I don't know what I love. All I want is something where I know I would go all in. I have a lot of dedication. If I set a goal, but I don't know on what. I tried cutting off YouTube and Netflix and so on, but I still don't found it. Have you any guidance for me? Maybe. I really appreciate your work, brother. All the best. X. So that was a great message. Thank you very much, X. And it does appear that there are many moving pieces, but actually not. When I take a step back, it seems that there are two crucial pieces here. Part one being purpose in general, which we'll dive into the concept of driver and vehicle, but then also part two, purpose in relationships. The feelings that you have not felt since being with your ex. Are you stuck on your ex? Or you stuck on the feelings that you had with your ex? We'll talk about that later on because you definitely gave a lot of weight to that. I definitely want to do justice to that. And we'll get into some larger concepts later on as well as we move through this podcast. But to begin with, part one, if you are just stuck for meaning, lost for meaning in your life, we must first understand what purpose really is. That purpose is not a vehicle. This is the first concept you must get under belt. Something that should have been taught to you from the time you were very little, at least through high school, at the definitely through high school. But if you did go through university education, absolutely, it should have been rammed into you. That purpose is not a vehicle. Purpose is your spirit. Purpose is your reason for waking up in the morning. Purpose is what you design for yourself. Purpose is what will never be taken away from you. The vehicle through which that purpose will be driven may change infinite times throughout your life. 
whether you're going to be a personal trainer, a lumberjack, an accountant, an economist, as you were here, X, an IT working remotely, whether you're going to work on the docks, whether you're going to be working in trading in crypto, whether you're going to be in the medical professions, the arts, science, mathematics, whatever it may be, all of those vehicles are subject to change. Those vehicles may last you a lifetime for some people. I have many personal accounts of people who are 10, 20 years ahead of me in the journey of life that spent all of their lives, I know many seven-year-olds that use the same vehicle their entire life, that have been doctors for 40 years, that have been uh, laborers, renovation guys for 40, 50 years, and that was their vehicle. But make no mistake, it was not their purpose. It just so happened that they found the vehicle that matched their purpose from a very young age. So if purpose is not the vehicle, then what can my purpose be then? I used to say that, and I still largely believe this, but there's a nuance to it, that purpose cannot be given to you. Purpose is something that you create. I still believe that. However, the nuance that I like to add on that is that if you're so lost that you don't even know where to begin with creating your own purpose, then help someone else. There is a genetically hardwired purpose for all of us which is to help someone else, not only on the physiological and psychological reward systems of when you do something altruistic, when you do something that benefits someone else, you feel good. That can be from the smallest act to just smiling at someone else, giving them a hug, giving them a compliment that day to a much larger act of helping someone to achieve an outcome within their business, to help a certain community to get up off their feet, to help someone else get up off their feet, to deliver a service or a product that helps someone's life to be less sufferable, to increase the joy in someone's life, the ease in someone's life so that they may not suffer as much. That is predetermined, genetically hardwired. You always find meaning in that. If saving for anything else that you have just not found a purpose that rings true for you, okay, this is why I will wake up this morning, which I would endeavor absolutely throughout this life to create for myself, to not just And this is what I meant before is that no one can give you purpose. I don't think like you can listen to this podcast and I will not for a second in this podcast attempt to give you a purpose. I would attempt to give you a method for designing your own. We're not there yet though. What I'm saying is that for anyone, let me help someone else. You'll go through many stages in life in which that vehicles break down. If not break down, you just lost interest in. Depending on the type of person that you are. I myself am a highly variable person. I'm an extremely creative person, and since leaving high school, I've been through, for three years, my first vehicle out of high school that I was driving my purpose through was personal training. I was a sole trader in personal training, and I did that for close to three years, two years in a gym, one year outdoors, and then after that, I segued into portrait and fashion video photography. Did that for approximately two years, one and a half to two years. After that, sidelined into, or transition, I should say, into social dynamics, in which that I've spent the last close to seven years since that point coaching and working in the realm of self-cultivation and social dynamics. And that has been largely, X, if you listen to this directly, I'm sure you are, but to anyone listen to this, that trajectory, what you can see right there from fitness to beauty, art, fashion, to interpersonal connectivity through human dynamics, human relationships, On the surface, they appear to be wildly different, wildly varied. And the vehicles are, absolutely. But my reason for doing them was always the same. It was always intrinsically embedded within wanting to help someone else. In fitness, 
the reason why I wanted to be a personal trainer is because I wanted to help people to move better, to feel better about themselves, to access what I'd always known because I'd always lived a healthy lifestyle myself and I knew the benefits psychologically of just being able to exhaust yourself and how much much nicer of a person that makes you. Wouldn't the world benefit if people were much nicer? So I wanted to, I never said that to myself, I want, I want to make nice people, but that's effectively what I was doing. Feel nice about yourself, you're going to be nice to others. Through fitness, through portrait and fashion photography. The reason why I did that was not because it seems like a cool thing to do and that you get to interact with a lot of really attractive women. It's not that at all. It's that I wanted to fill a hole, fill a hole in which that women were being portrayed in society, in which that if women wanted to, particularly when I started to move into more implied nudity, which implied nudity basically just means no genitals being displayed, but it's implied. The nudity is implied. You don't see anything raw or explicit. That there is a way to portray a woman's body and to make a woman feel about herself, in which that can be done with elegance and with delicacy and with genuine representation of the person within that image. That isn't just what I refer to as fast food, just as McDonald's or KFC type imagery, which is what you see a lot of on Instagram. So I found purpose in that and I got the feedback from women that people weren't displaying their spirits within their images. So you help people to do that. You help people to feel uh, honored for all that they are. In that particular realm, that was very much a driving force for me there. Now through social dynamics. Social dynamics, when you start to help people to improve their relationships, there's only one way to help someone to improve their relationships outside of themselves and that is to help them improve their relationship within themselves. So what I found very early on, even though the reason why I got into social dynamics was because of how I transformed myself through it, what I realized was that the new sexual abundance that I had found in my life, the relationships I found in abundance, my ability to communicate in abundance, my ability to navigate confrontational situations, to be there in the storms of people's lives and to help comfort, to show empathy, to be direct, congruent, authentic, to find a place of centeredness and groundedness within myself, to come to peace with concepts of death, so that when my best friend would take his life at a certain point, I was ready for that. So that when my father would eventually pass away only three, three to four weeks ago now, that I would be ready for that. All of that, all of that happening through social dynamics. It's very powerful and it's, it's, it seems like there are many elements right there that you could tack onto any one of them. But what I was initially discussing there was the external nature of it, all the cool things that it manifests. That's not why you do it why I got into social dynamics or why I want to teach other people how to develop themselves through social dynamics is because of the relationship within themselves. You improve your relationship with yourself, you will improve your relationship with people outside of yourself. True evolution, I can't think of anything more beautiful within one's being. And it also seems to me like a very direct way of reducing suffering in this life. So if I can help other people that way, that seems pretty good. But what I'm trying to display here for all of you listening is the reason for why the driver not the vehicle. While I am so amazed, so in love with the vehicle that is self-cultivation and social dynamics, that may not be the vehicle that I use for the rest of my life. I would highly doubt it. Largely, and I think this is going to come down to if you're just thinking for a side second, hang on a second, can you speak on that, on the variance? Is it good to be varied? Is it good to try 10, 20 different things? Is it good to just nail in on one thing? My answer to that is if you find your one thing, hammer on your one thing. Sit down on your one thing. You see, with the personal training, I was in that for three years. Put the photography, videography, I was in for just about two. And then now social dynamics has been close to seven. So I've spent a good bit of, 
period of time in this particular field, but I'm not married to it. I'm not married to it because of what I understand about vehicles. Also because of what I understand about myself. If you just look at the way that I like to move my body, no workout is unlike any other, is sorry, is like any other. All of my workouts are wildly varied, whether it's going to be Muay Thai, grappling, it's going to be strength training, it's going to be powerlifting, deadlifting, calisthenics, kettlebells, training on the ocean, running up on the hills, it's going to be swimming. There's so many, I'm the type of person, Olympic rings, I'm the type of person where you cannot get me to do the same workout twice in a row. No idea, I have never done that in my entire life because it's just too boring to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I approach that, well, when I say approach that, in the same way that when I look at purpose, if you know yourself and you have experimented with many things and you find that, and this is the natural byproduct, the natural process of doing so, everyone should begin with experimentation. But if you do find something, sit down on it. Like I said before, my dad was a GP for 40 years. He sat down on being a GP. One of my best friend's uh, father's been a plasterer for probably 50 years now, sat down on it. Come to know yourself and find what you like if you haven't found what you like yet or if you have found that what it is that you like is always changing and that you are far more concerned as we all should be with the driving force behind which that vehicle would be mobilized to deliver your service to the rest of the world come to harmony with that i feel like there is a bit of a stigma against experimentation you know you may have felt this from your friends and family why can't you just settle down why can't you just select one thing well that was the old world That was definitely an old world mindset. And so if you're feeling that pressure from the external world to fit into a certain mold, even though you know that that's not to be the case for yourself, that that mold just does not work for you, acknowledge that. Come to peace with that. But also don't ignore what it means to find something that you like and to want to go all in on that. Commit. You got one life. Find out. There is nothing so irreversible in this life that you couldn't come back and change tack. After doing social dynamics for seven years, if all of a sudden I found that actually a better way to serve my purpose would be to go and work in the temples or it's going to be in uh, work with children and help children counseling or to do something else, relationship counseling in some other ma- in some other medium, whatever it may be, something completely different, working in a trade. That's okay because I'm unmarried to social dynamics and, social- and self-cultivation. I'm unmarried to that being the only thing. And so if you are feeling that external pressure, push it away. Come internal and understand yourself. Understand that it's totally okay that if you have a wild variance for wanting to experiment many different things, the only way that you're going to find something that you want to sit down on, particularly for UX, you're saying that you went to uni, you studied economics, you've tried to do sales, you've tried to do IT, but it's just not doing it for you. Well, then it might sound like it's time for you to start experimenting. Now, now we come to the conversation, the crossroads of what it means for financial stimulus and your passion. Should your passion be your financial stimulus or if your financial stimulus be your passion? Can those two things be married or are they, are they inextricably linked? Can, can they harmonize or not? This is what I like to say on these two things, that because of the nature of the way society is set up, in which that, yes, you must maintain your survival. In order for you to even understand or explore concepts of passion, you must be able to feed yourself and you must be able to do enough to be able to not have to sleep out on the street for the most part. Once you move beyond that, then passion becomes the next problem or becomes the next, eh, yeah, problem's the right word, but problem to be solved, not problem to be depressed about, problem to be solved. And so if you look at now, X for you particularly, you're you're getting close to 30, but you're still in your first, just over your first quarter of life for the most part. 
you're still just beginning. You're in the first stage of this game. And so I'd help you to and encourage you to take a step back on your scape of life and think about summarizing now, what vehicles do I like? What vehicles potentially could I drive my purpose through? Knowing now that you will always have a purpose in helping other people to live through less suffering, however that may be. I want to posit this for you. You could work almost any job, but done with the correct mindset of wanting to reduce suffering to help people, you would find meaning. Whether you would be a fishmonger who has to get up each morning and go and serve fish to people. If it means, X, that you quit your cushy job doing the life-sucking, cushy but life-sucking IT remote, so that you would have more time to be able to go and work on exploring your passions, exploring where maybe the next vehicle would be for you to drive your purpose through. And if it meant that you would, in order to have that time, you would have to go work a different job just to be able to support yourself through financial stimulus because that is a reality in this world. And it meant you had to go flip patties at McDonald's, had to go serve fish down at the central market. But you approached that with the mindset of that, okay, if I have to be doing this fish, have to be working at Apple, have to be working at the local electronics store for the time being, then I'm going to do it to help as many people as I possibly can while I'm finding my other vehicle. This brings up an example of middle-aged people who work at the supermarket. I go to a supermarket in which that the majority of the employees are young teenage girls who are in high school. It's their first, first-time jobs, first part-time jobs. But you know that's generally speaking on the weekend. For the most part, during the week, those kids are at school. So someone's got to staff the supermarket and for the most part it's middle-aged people it's people that if not my age typically a little bit older you know we're talking about 35s to 40s and society looks down on these people it's easy to look at the 40 year old man who's stocking shelves or the 35 year old woman who's working in the deli in the supermarket and to look at them and go oh you failed you you must have failed in life i how come is this is this is the only thing that you were good enough to do you know that that stigma is present. You can feel it. You can feel it. You can see it the way that, uh, not only in the way that other people treat them, but the way that they treat themselves. You can see the energy that they walk around with that a lot of them believe this. They believe that they're not worth much and that this is all that they're ever going to amount to in life. Yet when I see these people in the supermarket, I always think, I have a lot of respect for you. I have a lot of respect for you because you haven't given up. You could have bit the bullet, so to speak. You could have jumped off the ledge, but you haven't yet. And that you're still here, that's respectful. That's respect worthy at the minimum. Part two, put yourself in that situation is what I like to do. What if I was found myself in a position where I had to go work at the supermarket or I had to do something that particularly for you X here and for anyone who's coming to this podcast that feels like, if not, if not feels like, but has proven that they have capacity. You are, X is university educated. For someone who considers themselves with a decent amount of potential, you you take a look at the scape of society and you look at what type of person succeeds in this level of job. What type of person would it take to get that kind of government office job? What type of person would it take, what type of intelligence and conscientiousness and dedication would it take to be a bricklayer, to be a plumber, right? to earn, earn enough to be able to support themselves is what I'm saying. Well, the bar is actually not that high for anyone who has completed high school training. 
Of course, if you're living in a third world country, a lot of what I'm saying right now is not going to apply because things are a lot more difficult for you. And of course, considering other factors of socioeconomic status from when you were a child and abuse, of course, absolutely, and your environment coming up. Of course, there are many different factors of playing to this. But safe to say that for the majority of, I'm going to use the word Western here, but please don't attach race to that. I'm talking more about the Western ideal or the Western concept of base level capacity, capability to work, right? If you have that, then you are probably fit to slot yourself into many, many working class jobs. You're available for that. And while that may not be the thing that you want to do right now, if you had to do it, why not do it with the purpose of helping someone? Because that's going to map to your greater purpose of wanting to help someone eventually anyway. What I'm trying to describe here is that it's not such the end of the world. It's not such an existential crisis to have to take a step back from your cushy job as a lawyer, as an IT guy, as a phone consultant, because you know that's draining the life out of you. And then to completely change direction in life and say, I'm going to focus all my energy into living the very best life that I possibly could. I'm going to focus all my energy into being the very best person that I possibly could. And I know that I just cannot do that in this job, whether it's because there's too many anchors here, there's too many comfort anchors, too many safety anchors. They're effectively prisons in which that I get a nice salary, get a nice pay packet at the end of the month and I get benefits and I get the holiday once every two weeks, but it's sucking the life out of me. So I need to end that purely just to get a different change of perspective. Five feet over is a very different perspective. Take five steps to the left of wherever you are in life right now. And I don't just mean that physically. I mean that metaphorically, in which that if you've got your cushy situation or you've got your golden handcuffs, which it sounds like X has right now, he does have golden handcuffs to a certain extent, right, just take a look at anyone who's in a situation that feels like they've got no purpose, got no meaning. I would encourage you to take five steps to the left and just imagine that you lived in Southeast Asia. Just imagine that you grew up in a different country. Imagine you had a, a completely different set of social circle, maybe no social circle just dropped yourself, just took you and dropped you in a different country. If you're from the US right now listening to this, what if I just took you and I, I took you, I picked you up and I dropped you in the suburbs of Melbourne, Australia? What would you do then? How would you survive then? Particularly for people with golden handcuffs. For people in Australia listening to this right now, what if I took you out of Adelaide, South Australia and just dropped you in France or dropped you in Germany, right? And then you have to restart life. Okay, go. Well, what would be the first thing you'd do? Set up my survival. Okay. If I'm going to do that, though, let's not just do it with disdain because obviously that's not going to map to a healthy mindset of person or being. So let me help as many people as I possibly can. If I'm going to serve fish, I'm going to make sure that I am coding, coloring, coating everything that I do with making sure that this person has the best experience possible and that I'm actually helping their lives. This is something that I approach to any working class job whatsoever. When I was coming off the... Just a little story for you here. When I was coming off the funeral uh, four months ago, four months ago, four weeks ago for my father. Or actually, the funeral was only two weeks ago. First thing in the morning when we were driving back from Bendigo to Adelaide, it's about a seven-hour drive. You know, there's nothing, nothing's really open. And I didn't have time. We had to check out the Airbnb because we had it's a long drive. So I didn't have time to cook. But Hungry Jack's is open. And for those who don't live in Australia, Hungry Jack's is just the major competitor to McDonald's. And of course, I don't want to eat any of the processed shit. I don't eat processed seed oils or refined carbohydrates. But... What I can do is I can just ask them for the beef patties. So 8.30 in the morning, basically no one's there. 
Or wait, the the drive through opens. We go in. I ask her, "Can I get eight beef patties?" She's it was a bit of fuckery getting it back and forward because she could just understand why. And uh, so we we got it organized, and my brother got some other things, and and then and so she she rocks up to the window. We rock up to the window. We pay for it, and she says, "By the way, can I just ask why? Why did you want just the meat?" And I'm like, "I don't, I can't, I don't want to get into this conversation." So like. Like it's a long conversation. So I'm just like, listen, I just want the meat. And she's like, oh, okay. But she was very friendly about it. She's very happy about it. And I really appreciated her being so lovely. So being so joyous on Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. with this, what seems like, it's actually not that difficult of an order, but difficult to comprehend order. Like a customer is clearly being difficult to a certain degree compared to other customers. But she handled it like a champ. And then when we were sitting in the car, I thought to myself, it came out relatively quick. She came out, she brought it out to us. And then I thought to myself, you know, that's a ostensibly pretty shit job to be waking up at 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday morning and you have to go do drive-through at McDonald's. Or what, and what about the person who's on the grill? Who's on the grill? It seems like an ostensibly shit job. Like I wouldn't want to do that job. However, that's on the surface level. What if the patty flipper in the back was going, I heard that order. This is a very peculiar order. This person needs our help. I'm going to do this with the best of my abilities to help this person as best as I can because he's going to make his day better and he's going to make his life better. That person would have been correct. I was beyond grateful. I was beyond joyous for how much they had helped me because I wasn't going to get that service at that time of day anywhere else. That's why we went to that place. Like I would have had to pull over at some random park and bust out some beef patties, go to Coles, get the supermarket, get some mini grill and try and fire that shit up. No. But I can go to this drive-thru and someone genuinely made my day better, made my day easier, helped me. That person in the back, I hope that they're not thinking my life's meaningless, my life's shit. Because you know what? That person had meaning to me. That person meant a lot to me. I was very grateful for that person that morning. And I love that story because that is what I'm really trying to paint to you guys here, which is that if you're in that crossroads, if you're in that way where I need to find a different way of supporting myself financially so that I can go and pursue, go and explore passion things, to develop passion in other areas, to find where I would like to dedicate myself to. And I just can't be doing this cushy hand, golden handcuffs job right now. You, know, you can approach anything with that mindset. And so that is the, if I said before, I can't give you a purpose. I can't give you spirit. I can't give you inspiration. But what I can inform you of is that you will always have meaning in helping someone else. You always have meaning, whether you're at the Bunnings, you're at the local hardware store. And listen, I'm an absolute hardware noob, but if you can help me try and find the right nail with the right hammer and this is the right measurement of cloth and hey, don't get that oil because that oil is going to stain that. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. I didn't fucking know that. That helps me. Like it legitimately helps me. And I know not all human beings have this deep reverence for the small things in life. So whether they're aware of it or not should be not your issue. Should be not your problem, none of your concern, whether they show you that gratitude or not. Just know though that it is there, that it is there, whether they give it to you or not. And I will give it to you if you ever come across you. But that is something now we can segue into the external versus the internal path. But just before we do get to external versus internal path, just want to summarize that point. When it comes to purpose, get your head wrapped around it. Vehicles and drivers. Vehicles, infinite, changeable, variable. Throughout the rest of your life, change vehicles as much as you want, as little as you want as long as they serve the purpose of helping someone else. As you become more refined throughout life, start to refine that. 
start to refine that purpose. I would hope it always would be grounded in helping other people, but how you like to think about that helping, what the meaning of that helping is, and how that help would manifest itself, that would something I would hope become very unique for you. But at the bare minimum, if you have not developed that uniqueness, you can always just take the default. I will help someone else. Yosh, let's move on. So there's external versus the internal path. What do I mean by this? As you journey throughout life, there is the path, the life that you live that other people can see, and there is the path that you feel within yourself. So they are largely one and the same. It's just from what perspective are you viewing it from? They are both, they are two sides of the same thread. Particularly in your younger years, it is fit to be broke, passionate but broke. It is fit to be acquiring skills. It is fit to be learning as much as you possibly can, to be in the riskiest stage of your life, where you have very little attachments regarding other family members, family members of your own, kin of your own, loans, etc., different investments, different commitments to many different pursuits in life. To be young is to be commitment-less, to be attachment-less, to be very risky. That's the external path that that looks like. And so the external path, as today is, can often be very cloudy, very stormy. Many storms you will come across in an external path, particularly as you start to venture out of being 18 years old in 2022, or if you were born anytime, really after the mid-1990s, really Gen, uh, Gen Z to the millennials. The path's been pretty fucking stormy when it comes to purpose. It's been pretty fucking shiny, sunshining when it comes to our living situation. It's only just now. It's only just, I mean, some people, some commentators, political commentators, economic commentators might say that we've been entering a dark age for the last five, 10 years, you know, maybe around 2015, 2015 that started again, or some people might even go back to 2008, but regarding the uh, global financial recession, GFC, uh, crisis, I should say, which was a recession. But what I would say is that I think it's pretty clear right now that we are, we have entered a dark age. And I don't want to get too stuck on the politics here when it comes to COVID and it comes to the very authoritarian response from a lot of the Western societies. As true that as that has been, and that definitely does reflect a dark age nature, as you're starting to see, and of course, this all interlinked, the inflation that we're seeing is what I'm trying to drive to the most. What I'm trying to drive to the most, not, not only the way that our university is being run with this extremely radical left wokeism like nature, where now apparently men can give birth. Putting that aside, that's all dark age shit as well. But what I'm talking about, the fact is that actually it's going to be very hard for people to start feeding themselves pretty soon. It's already getting there. In South Australia, if you're not aware, in Australia, we currently have Lettuce Gate. You may not be aware of this if you live in a different country, but we have Lettuce Gate in which that the price of a lettuce, a head of lettuce, which some of you may know as a head of cabbage, they're actually two different things, but very similar plant. Basically 95% water, just leaves made of water. Just the lettuce you would see on a fucking... Uh, hamburger that you get from Macca's. That 10 to 20x in price basically overnight. It went from being $1 for a head of lettuce to now $10 for a head of lettuce. And in some places, some people were trying to charge $19 for a bag of lettuce. That is what we're talking about. We're talking about inflation. Now, of course, that's very shortage related, but this is all going to play in. People aren't going to be able to drive themselves. The I mean, everyone is seeing this across the world, but down here in Australia, we're getting hit really hard of it, hit very hard with the fuel prices. You just can't drive anywhere. You can't go to the hills every weekend anymore. You got to be very selective with who you go see now, who you go drive. Uh, public transport's starting to look like a, big, a good option now. 
Get yourself a turtle. Ride around on that turtle, son, because these prices are not going down. They are only getting more expensive. And so the cost of living rises, okay? That is what I was referring to as the dark age, just wrapping this back up this bamboo shoot. Wrapping up this back, uh, going back up this dark age now. Whoa. 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 Hey, a second, guys. My recording, Evernote is freaking out on my laptop. Let me just quit that shit. That was scary as fuck. I thought the computer completely stopped recording. Okay, I think everything is working. So coming back here, getting back up this bamboo shoot, why I brought up the whole dark ages, is that when we're talking about the external versus the internal path, what is being manifested is what it looks like. For those that are young, for those that are between 20 to 30, which more and more people are experiencing this existential crisis within that age gap, which typically used to be much later on in life. The, it was called a midlife crisis for a reason. 50 years old, you know, if you expect it, which is technically not middle. You know, the average life expectancy is somewhere between 75 to 85 years, depending on the country you live in. But let's say you're going to live between 80 to 100 years. Midlife crisis, about 50 years old. Now it's happening between 20 and 30. You can see here, this gentleman who emailed me, he's not even 30 yet, not even 29 yet, and is experiencing an existential crisis. So this is now when I'm talking about the external path. It's going to be a lot of storms. And it's going to be a lot of storms to come. Things are not getting clearer. Things are not going to get easier outside of yourself. Society is certainly not going to help you. Your path to driving your vehicle externally outside of yourself through society, doing the work you most want to do, is going to get more and more difficult for this foreseeable future. Just, just ostensibly, just by the very nature of how our societies are now functioning. Not even I barely even touched the corruption politically and the corruption socially of our ideas and cohesion cohesion when it comes to treating each other those are all much larger concepts which i don't want to dive into right now all i'm trying to paint here is that there can be a lot of storms going on throughout your life even forgetting about society and forgetting about the other potential interrupting factors that would get in the way of your path and your journey in life if you've chosen a risky life which is a life designed on your own a life which you do not export your meaning to someone or something else but that was designed and created by you that's hard that's difficult there's a reason why most people don't do that the self-responsibility it takes to sit down with yourself on a night to get to know yourself to come to grips with your flaws your inadequacies fears fears of what wasn't what could have been what will be what won't be difficult questions to ask yourself to come to grips grips and to grapple with death, death of loved ones, death of yourself. To have deep self-inquiry takes responsibility, takes incredible conscientiousness and an understanding of your true nature in life. These are not easy things to do, which is why most people don't do them. It is much easier to get alone on your happiness, get alone on your fulfillment. Loan that shit out. Loan that shit out. Subscribe your happiness to Netflix. Subscribe your happiness to shit food, shit social media, shit pornography, a shit job, a job that you don't imbue meaning with. Subscribe all that out so that you don't have to worry about it. But it will catch up to you at some point. And now is when we start to talk about the internal path. For no matter how, no matter how much storm is going on in your external life, even if you're doing the best, I just described the worst, even if you're doing the best, even if you are living a life ruled by discipline, ruled by the pursuit of supreme excellence to not only be deeply connected to my purpose, my development in purpose, my development in physical, in mental, in social development, 
or transcended by a deeper understanding of who I am and the nature of life. If you are committed to, and everything I just referred to is, of course, what I refer to as the temple, what builds your temple in life, purpose, physical, mental, social development, understanding of who you are, true nature, with supreme excellence, all done with supreme excellence in order to be able to best utilize the capacity, capability of that temple to help someone else. That's a pretty good game plan right there for a meaningful life, at least in my opinion. But by no means is every day that you go to work on that temple and that you're on that external path building that temple because that temple certainly is an external manifestation. No, but by no means is that going to be sunshine and rainbows every single day of your life. Absolutely not. If anything, it's going to be probably more storms than sunshine for a very long time, especially if you're at the beginning of building that temple in which that there is no shelter. There is no already pre-built room for you to go and hide in when things go, well, not hide in, but take shelter in when things go a little awry outside when the storm blows in. How we can paint that out to an example? When a relationship breaks down in your life, if you have already been developing yourself for years, if you have already been cultivating principles of being harmonious and at peace with that, I will hold someone without grasping. I'll feel them without needing. I'll learn to see them without looking at them. And finally, I'll learn to die while living. In their presence, if you have already crafted and utilized these principles for a good deal of time prior to a fundamental relationship in your life breaking down, if by way of your own causality in which that you did something wrong, or if not, Even more so if not. It's one thing for you to fuck up a relationship. It's one thing for you to have gone and cheated on someone, for you to have betrayed someone, to have deceived someone, and then they had to force you out of their life because of that. They had to uh, exercise you from their life. That's one thing. It's a different thing when you weren't in control of it, in which that the other person damaged you, attacked you, hurt you, deceived you, betrayed you, cheated on you. It's one thing for someone else to do that and to be at peace with that to have the development in yourself to be able to sit deeply, centered, grounded. Offer them forgiveness as soon as you possibly can. Not so or just because whether you feel that they deserve it or not. Not forgiveness because you feel that they deserve it, but forgiveness so that you may let go. Forgiveness so that you may move on. That takes training. That doesn't come easily. But how much easier your path through life would be if you had been cultivating those things. Internal path we are discussing here, coming back to it. For the storms that go through on, go on throughout your life as you, as you journey, as you drive, as you build externally, the sun may not always be shining on that external path. But the sun may always shine within your internal path. And what that is to say, is that you will always be able to choose your response to actions and events in life. You will always be able to choose your response to how someone treats you, to how your car breaking down treats you, to how your boss firing you treats you, had to let you go because of a financial recession, global recession, which is impending, by the way. We are impending a global recession. I think the US is only, there's talks of it being announced very, very soon. I mean, you don't, it's not that you need an announcement to see that we're in a recession. Quite clearly we are. Just look at the stock markets. Look at what's happening with inflation. We're definitely in a recession. And that's only going to get worse for a good, a good few years of time, for sure. You can choose your response to all of that. You can choose your response to when your best friend 
takes his own life. You can choose your response to when your father passes away. You can choose your response to when someone betrays you and deceives you. The sun may always shine within your internal path. This is one of the most powerful things to remember as you journey throughout your life and you remain focused, stay focused on that I am the creator of my purpose and that nothing should ever dictate the sun that shines on that purpose, why I'm living. As ostensibly shit as things may appear outside of yourself, nothing seems to be working, everything's been going wrong. Just know that. And largely, that the sun does not appear to be shining outside of yourself. Just know. You have two options. You give up, and then you'll never know if the sun would ever shine again. Or you keep going. You keep pushing forward. You don't give up. Never give up. And that you give yourself a chance to see the sun shine once more. As literally, the sun just came out right now. That was a little too perfect. Thank you. Thank you, uh, clouds. (laughs) Why it's important to keep a grasp on this external versus internal path, in a summary, in a nice short nugget, is that shit happens. Things don't work. Things take time. Things take a lot of patience. The way that society is right now is not conducive to a risky growth-based path. It is conducive to a shell up, batten down the hatches, play very safe, just go with the crowd, go with what society's telling you to do, delegate all of your power to people outside of yourself. Don't worry about your own purpose. Don't worry about your path. Just do whatever seems safe right now. It's very, very easy right now to get into that mindset. Things are difficult, ostensibly. But you don't have to be so difficult within inside of yourself. It's okay to acknowledge. It's, it's more than okay. It's actually necessary to acknowledge that when things are difficult outside, take solace within how balanced you can be internally within that storm. What would you rather see? A tribe of people just running around like headless chickens in the middle of a storm? Did I just say headless chickens? I think I meant headless chickens. <laughs> Is that what you want to see? Is that the tribe you want to be a part of? Of human beings that one storm comes by and they just run around like absolute idiots? Not knowing what to do or, what, or how on earth they're going to survive? Or would you rather be with the tribe that all sits down in a huddle? They huddle together. They ground themselves. They calm themselves. And recognize that this too shall pass. That is why I want to bring up the external versus internal path. While things may not look great on the outside, you can always determine how you feel on the inside. So, now let us move to the setting of criteria for success. You know, what is success going to look like? How would you know that your purpose has had effect? That is that something that someone else determines? Well, it can be. It can be. It really just becomes down to the cups. What kind of cup would you like? Let me ask you this. Would you like a cup that has a bottom? Or would you like a cup that has no bottom? When one cup in which that you could keep pouring endlessly, infinitely, and you would never be satisfied. You would never be fulfilled. It has no bottom. That's one way of approaching life. Or I could give you another cup in which that it has a bottom. It can be fulfilled. And actually, the more that you fill it, the more cups you have of that to give to someone else. So you fill up the cup, give it to someone else. Fill up the cup, give it to someone else. You just keep filling cups until your time comes in which that you're no longer able to fill any more cups and which you pass that cup on to someone else. And they can keep on filling. What I'm speaking to right there is that you design an approach to life in which that internally measured based on who I am, what I like to, what I would see as being something meaningful in this world by the time that I'm dead. And that by the time that I'm dead, 
I would have hopefully had enough effect on people that they would pick up the same cup. So you have two components there to setting criteria for success in which that criteria for success, if you would like to have the least tumultuous, least catastrophic potential for catastrophe, potential for destruction in your life to be the most balanced would be something that you don't allow others to influence because you do not control others. You do not control how someone The value of things and objects in our world changes on a dime. It changes like you. You just have to look at crypto, look at stock market, look at crypto, look at the real estate, right? They fluctuate so wildly, particularly with something like crypto. You're going to base your worth based on being a crypto trader. You're going to have a very hard life, particularly right now, particularly right now, because it's just how volatile it is. And actually, that's a great word because the more you delegate criteria for success to the external, the more volatile it is. The less volatile it is, the more that you delegate that criteria for success to yourself. And the second part of that being the cup that you would one day want to pass on to someone else. For surely, surely, even if you did live a life as best as you could to help other people, surely you would want to inspire other people to do the same. If it was that meaningful to you, to want to help other people, then I think it's very likely that you would want other people to help other people as well. So you must act. You must lead and act in vision of what it is that you would like to have happen after you or would progress after your time is done. Largely, this could be summed up into the old adage of following in footsteps to set an example. This is legacy. What would you like your legacy to be? Now I'd like to move on to the, I think I summarized that pretty well. Now I want to move on to the relationship, purpose in relationships. And I want to dive back to his email just briefly so we can get this uh, in a little more detail. After describing that time feels like it's passing away fucking quickly, he says that he's now 28 and four months will be 29. He said this at the beginning of June. So it looks like he's born in October. So it looks like in October, he'll be 29, getting close to 30. And he says, my last relationship was now one and a half years ago. And he still thinks a lot about her. He's met many girls after her, but has never fallen in love again. And he doesn't feel sexual desire anymore like with her. She has a new boyfriend since one year ago. And I know that I quit the relationship, but since then I feel like I'm stuck. So the first thing I'll say to you, just me to you, X, is that I think it's less. And I think if you were to inquire within yourself and if you were in a coaching session with me, I would definitely pose these questions to you. But since you're not, I will pose these questions to you now and you will need to do work with them on your own, in your own meditations, in your own journaling sessions. I would have you ask yourself this. Is it her? Is it her that I am longing for? Or is it the feelings that I experienced with her that I am longing for? You say that you still think a lot about her. Is it her that you think a lot about? Or is it what you experienced with her that you felt a lot about, that you think a lot about, feel very deeply about, can't stop thinking about? You say that you don't feel sexual desire anymore like with her. So is it, was what I'm trying to bring you towards here, trying to pose for you is, is she the object of exploration of reclaiming? Is that, is it really her? Or is it maybe the experience that she provided, helped to provide? The space that she helped to provide? The exploration of humanity that she helped to provide with you? 
as you start to ask these questions and answer these questions, if you're a little bit confused, maybe you could ask yourself, it depends on whether you've had other partners. I don't know. But if you have had other partners, have you, have, have you ever been in love with another person? Have you ever had a sexual desire with another person previous to this girl? Questions you would ask. If you haven't, you would then pose, is it possible that if I, if you say she was your only girlfriend or the only person you've ever been sexually intimate with, is it possible that if I experienced those feelings of her, that it would be possible for another human being to also be experienced with? Now, you did say that you haven't felt it with any girl since then. Let me address that. Let me address that. <clears throat> the last time that I was in love with someone was when I was 22 years old. So that was approximately six to seven years ago. It'll be seven years ago in about three months. When I'm tw- when I turn 29, I'm almost the same age as this guy, actually. I'm actually just slightly older than you. I turned 29 in August. When I was 22 was the last girl that I fell in love with prior to the girl that I just fell in love with. So there was a solid almost seven-year gap in between finding a human being that I truly felt the depths of this such ambiguous and undefinable term known as love. Because it's not just I love this person, it's I'm in love. To be in love with someone is very different to love someone. To love someone, I I find love in people every day. I find love in my work in what I do in my vehicle. I found love in my movement. I find love in talking with friends and family. I practice life with love. You practice life with love. It's a good way to live. But that is not the same thing as saying that I am in love with those people. We are very explicitly describing the dance between masculine and feminine energy in a sexually polarized manner between a man and a woman, in this example, in a man and a woman. When we talk about being in love, when this man talks about being in love. And when I say being in love. So if it was six years. Now, did I not meet any people in between 22 and end of 28? Absolutely. Of course not. Of co- well, when I say of course not, of course that was not the case. Of course, I met a lot of people. Had many partners of varying ranges. Mostly, uh, almost all within, no, all within open relationships. And I didn't find a single person that the creation, the spark of being in love with them was, was profit, was ignited. I met a lot of people. Being a social dynamics coach, traveled the world, met a lot of people. Met a lot of people in between 22 and 28. Count on that. I'm talking about thousands of people. Being a job, being someone who's explicitly helps people to improve their relationships, not only, of course, internally, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, but helps people to improve their relationships externally, which means teaching them how to approach people, how to go up and make sure that they are being direct with them, congruent and authentic, covering with empathy, providing the best human experience possible, improving not only their intent, their eye contact, vocal projection and tonality, body language and vibe, all these different mechanics of social. You want to get social with me? I will, I will rail you for hours and hours. I will seminar you to the cow comes home when it comes to the proper way, the excellent performance of a human being's social skill set. Something I'm very carved, carved in deeply to. So yeah, you can bet that I met a lot of people in between the girl that I last love, uh, the girl that I fell in love with when I was 22, well, 20 to 22, and then a long, long time in between then. But X, not for a moment did I ever consider well, not for, let me take that word back. Not for a moment did I ever allow myself to believe. The consideration was there. 
Of course, those questions would come across your mind across six years of not finding a single human being, even though you're meeting so many of them. And I just, even if I wanted to fall in love with this person because of all of the external coinciding factors that make it a good match, whether it's because she's the type of girl physically that I like, she works the kind of job that I like, she has the same interests, she's into anime, she's into samurai shit, she's into swimming in the beach, swimming in the ocean, she's into traveling, she's into cooking, she's into uh, exploring different deep spiritual ideas of the concept of the universe, whatever it may be. I still just don't feel that, okay, I'm going to need to take a bullet for this girl. I'll need to take a bullet for her and I need to, I need to have children with this girl. And that being in love with someone, it's, for the most part, I would say, hand in hand with wanting to create something with them. Whether that becomes... Even if you're, you would say you're not a child person, you don't see that kind of, you don't see yourself becoming a parent, or you don't feel that you have any interest in that. But if you're in love with someone, and if I was to ask you, if you had to have kids with anyone, if you could choose someone to have kids with, then I think it would be a foregone conclusion that it would be the person that you're in love with, for not, for no innocuous reasons either, for no, no. Uh, shallow reasons either there is a deep reason for why the person that you fall in love with is someone you want to create a life with in whatever manifestation that may be the trust the seeing of each other without having to look yeah so of course across six years of not finding someone like that it would have been easier and it would be easy to just believe that love is not for you and we will start to talk about purpose. Well, don't worry, we'll get back to this. I'm just fleshing all this out. We will talk about the major idea here, which is what is the purpose of relationships in your purpose or in your life? But before we do get to that, just making sure that I'm on the point with it. X, it's been one and a half years since your last ex, since the last girl that you fell in love with. Don't give up. Don't reside and resign to a life, I should say, of which that you feel that love is not for you. And that you would never find love again. I can tell you this right now because I'm basically the same age as you, but we've had two very different lives, two very different life experiences. That I never once thought over the last six and a bit years that I would never fall in love again. I focused on my purpose in life throughout that whole time. I still kept seeing other people. I still kept trying to explore, kept trying to find things out. But it becomes very obvious as you foray into life, particularly if you walk the path of life that I have which is that I've endeavored to learn about myself in relation to others, which means enlisting in the service of other human beings to realize who I am, which means engaging with as many human beings as I can, which means gaining deep understanding of who human beings, who human beings are, whether it be sexually polarized interactions or not. Business, friends, family. It doesn't have to be romantic, but they all play in all relationships. They're all one thing effectively at the end, but they all provide their own individual lessons. And throughout all of that, what I came to understand, which allowed me to not give up or to not resign, as I said, into a life of involuntary celibacy or to a life of just darkness or shutting love out. And I wasn't, I hadn't even experienced any abusive forms of love throughout my life. When I say abusive forms of love, love that was a wrapping paper that actually abuse was the present, which is very, very common for a lot of girls I've been with, actually, you know. The guy will woo her. The guy will pretend to be the good guy on the outside, but actually, when you really get to know him, he's a real piece of work. As you explore more and more, you start to find out what it is that you truly value in people. 
what it is that would make you fall in love with someone. The same reasons why you fell in love with your 16-year-old girlfriend are not going to be the same reasons as when you fell in love with someone at 22 or 29 or 30 or moving into 40s. One, I have so many relations. I don't want to put anyone on blast right now, even though it's actually a kudos. I don't want to, but I just don't want to, in case they don't want me to mention their stories, then I feel comfortable with it. I have very close relationships in my life with people that are much older than me that have found love later in life and has been the best relationships. And I'm talking about people very, very close to me. These are not just like acquaintances. I'm talking about people that I know deeply that have been through 10, 15, if not close to 20 partners and have been married to several of them, had children with a couple of them. And it's only just now that at 60 years old, 55, 60, some of them 70 years old, that then that relationship has by far been the best out of all of their relationships at 60, 65, 70 years old. You really have to gratify that. You really have to hold the gravity of what it means to fall in love with someone at 60 years old. X, you are not even 30 yet. That person who's just fallen in love at 60, that I know, they've lived your life twice. They've lived all of your life, you're dead, and then lived all of your life again. So they lived you twice. You could live your life another time over and you would only just be getting to their age and they are now falling in love again. So... Hopefully you can see the ridiculousness of your giving up on love if you were entertaining that idea. If you were considering giving up on the idea of finding someone that, I don't really, this concept of finding someone that's right for you, I feel like more like finding how you can be the rightest person for someone else and that that coincides when two people have that same mindset. In which that, you do the very best to develop yourself into a being of supreme excellence. You get two people who are focused on that coming together. They're right for each other. Now, they don't, but that, but, 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 that may be the end result, that they are right for each other. However, they did not approach the finding of that person by thinking, how would I find another person who is also pursuing supreme excellence? How would I also, aka, the person who is right for me? That is certainly not the mindset or the approach. The approach is to be internally focused on your own development. And if you come across someone else who also happens to be about that life, whether it's so explicit, not necessarily. In fact, I think it would be quite unusual for a, for a female who is predominantly more feminine energy than in her balance of feminine to masculine energy. And make no mistake, as human beings, we have a makeup of both. And we oscillate between two in different situations, different scenarios, environmentally, it certainly dictates what is required. But in general, on the default that most females have a larger proportion of feminine energy to their masculine energy and sit within that a majority of the time. It is a generalization, but it's a generalization for a reason. And I acknowledge that there are tomboys, there are girls that sit more in their masculine, of course. Being acknowledged, so don't jump down my joke for that. Don't down my don't jump down my throat for that. Has been acknowledged. You come across you would what I'm trying to say here is that most feminine energy beings, predominant in it, would likely not use the terms explicitly, I'm trying to become the very most supreme, excellent version of myself right now. It's a very masculine term. 
It's a very masculine words and the energy that I use with it is very masculine. Why? Because I designed it and because I'm a masculine being and I have predominantly masculine energy. So of course, I'm going to use the terms that resonate with me. But a feminine being may flip that, may take the same principle, but flip it and say, even the term best version of yourself comes to mind. That's a little more, that's definitely more feminine than being a being of supreme excellence. My most creative, free-flowing, expressive self. Start to throw in more feminine words there, more feminine-derived words, and you will find the analogy. It may not be the exact same manifestation. It shouldn't be. If you're a masculine energy-based man and you're looking for a feminine energy-based female, you wouldn't want her reason for living, her purpose, to be of the exact same nature of yours. While the foundations should be the same, serving other people, helping to reduce suffering. Whether it manifests in those words, though, should not be the hang-up. Also based on the revolution understanding of what it is that they're doing in the world, doing in the world and doing in their lives. I wouldn't judge people too harshly for their refinement of certain concepts. Look for the spirit within them. Look for the light within them. Now, to bring this point back to the top here, the purpose of relationships in your life. Not giving up on the love. We finished that point now, so we move beyond that, but just so you got the handle on that. Yeah, don't give up on finding love. Because I feel like finding love predominantly is based on you finding yourself, which to me is actually a concept that doesn't really ring true. I'm using it because it fits the analogy, but there is no finding of yourself. You will never find yourself. You can only create yourself. There is no version of yourself waiting out there for you. There is only raw materials, building blocks, tools with which you may swing a hammer to create a bridge, to cross a river within yourself. And so you would build a society, a temple within yourself, creating yourself. Stepping out now to address the larger idea, concept of the purpose of a relationship in your life. Should you make another human being your purpose in life? It's a great question. Seems like a almost rhetorical question, but it's still a great question. It's only rhetorical based on where you're standing, though. If you're standing from the position of people who listen to this podcast, then it's it's a home run and you've, you've already knocked that out of the park before I even finish the sentence. You probably don't know. Of course not. Of course it's not a good idea to make another person your purpose in life. Why? Because of the seeds of pain you are sowing. That person leaves you, that person dies. You are in for a world of pain. Your entire egoic identity will be crushed, will be burned to ashes, and you will not know how to function in this life anymore. If you delegate your existence, concept of existence, to someone else, attach to someone else. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Well, not a good idea if you don't want that pain and if you don't want to go through that. Subjective, of course. How best to live? That's on you. I can only address for you causes of pain, results of outcomes, results of paths that would lead to certain outcomes. Pain or pleasure? Sometimes pain is good. We want the right pain though. And the right pain is subjective. Yep, I'll give you that. But for me, the right pain is not the pain of delusion and illusion. The right pain is the one of revelation and illumination. Yeah. Oh, you guys, are you riding with me? <laughs> that felt good, didn't it? That felt really good, did it? Don't lie. 
Don't lie. Don't be sitting there. Don't be sitting there. Rewind that part. If you're not feeling it and you're just like, oh shit, what did you just say? Stop. Rewind. Go back to that. Right pain, revelation, and illumination. Count it. What does that mean? That you would foray into a relationship with someone in this life looking to reveal who you are, looking to understand and to illuminate the best of yourself and the worst, best and the worst, to be able to design a human experience that would not only be loving, joyous, peaceful, that would help others to build a life that would, if not mirror, that would at the minimum represent something of that, that you would find in your friends, your family, romantic partners, that there is not constant battle and conflict, that there is not constant resentment, anger, regrets, that there is not this seething and toothing at each other to try and get back vindication or revenge, that so that you would build your relationships based on the foundation in which that I love you, I love you, and I want you to experience the best in this world, the best in this life. I want you to experience love, peace, and joy. I don't want there to be animosity as a default. That doesn't seem like a good way to set up a relationship. Well, it seems like the best way to set up a relationship is that I see you and that you see me. And what that means is that when you're upset, I'll take every moment. I'll take every potential framework, communication style, whatever you want to call it, to try best to understand you. I will not give up on you is what I'm trying to say. I will never give up on trying to understand you. I'll never run away. I'll never look away. If something between you and I is not right, then I will bring that to a conclusion. This is what relationships are for. Relationships, relationships, the purpose of relationships, to reveal, to illuminate, to show the very worst and the best of yourself so that you could improve the experience for everyone else, including yourself. I'd like to bring this podcast now to a quote by the famous and revered Victor E. Frankel, author of Man's Search for Meaning. He was a Holocaust survivor, lost his entire family back in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany somehow managed to survive himself through not only will, but of course, good luck. Good luck, but a lot of will, a lot of will, as you'll find in his book. And he said this, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen, and the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. I want you to listen to what your conscience commands you to do and go on to carry it out to the best of your knowledge. Then you will live to see that in the long run, in the long run, I say, success will follow you precisely because you had forgotten to think about it. Victor E. Frankel from Man's Search for Meaning. If you haven't read that book, you should probably get it straight after this podcast. I read it many, many years ago and I've given it, gifted it. I don't even have my copy anymore because I gave it to one of my friends. Tremendous, tremendous book. Tremendous, tremendous book. I wanted to bring up that quote as a segue into the summary of this podcast as a reminder of what success is and that success at the end of the day, if we can boil it all down to anything, it's just the fact that you're breathing right now, that you were the byproduct of generations of success for hundreds of thousands, if not billions of years of success, of organisms, singular, then multicellular, 
moving out into tribes of 100 to 150 people, crossing the nomadic lands of the Ice Age into the medieval ages, agricultural people that were living with diseases on every front doorstep, to people that were getting bombed on every single night, to now here. You're now here in 2022 at 3.21 p.m. on Friday the 17th of June. And you're alive. You're alive. You're the byproduct of so much success. So much unlikely success if you are listening to this. Even if you are in the worst of the worst situations right now, in 2022, you're still in the best of the best situations compared to most of human history. Most of human history did not have plumbing, did not have electricity. Can you even imagine? Can you imagine if we live in a world right now that didn't have electricity? That's what I'm talking about. We're talking about the rarity of life here, which I mentioned in almost every single goddamn podcast, but it's so much important, so much more important to mention it now. Life is so rare. If you've lost meaning in your life, you feel that purpose has lost you, just remember, nah, it's not how it works. You have lost purpose. Purpose was never going to be given to you. Not in this day, not in this age. So we've gone through this podcast on how to design that purpose, to get our heads wrapped around. Okay, the job was never going to be the purpose. The girlfriend, the wife was never going to be the purpose. Now, Victor mentioned something in his quote that I would like to tag on to, which is that he said, success like happiness cannot be pursued. It only must ensue and it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. As the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. So you may have heard that and I could hear, I could hear it's easy if you don't unpack that to think of that, of him saying that, okay, you can find purpose in your life by delegating that to someone else. Notice the key word he used was byproduct. That the making of someone else your purpose in life is not the product. It is not, or it is not the primary. It is not the action. It is that if you lived a life, let's say you had a relationship, and I think Victor, if he was here with me, I think we would find a nice harmony. I think we would agree with each other. I think he would agree with what I'm saying is that what I said before, which is that if you use relationships purposefully in your life to be able to reveal and illuminate yourself and that person, understand, come to grips with the nature of life itself to comfort each other, to be there for each other, to see each other, to right wrongs and to work together and to not run away, to use all of these purposeful, constructive mentalities and actions within your relationships. That is a byproduct you would find success in your life. Not that that other person is the success, but that by being successful with someone else, you would find success as a byproduct. Yeah? Yeah, you feeling me, Victor? I think you are. I think you are, because I'm feeling what you're saying there. I just understand that uh, some people might take that if you just breezed over it and not fully understand what he was saying. So, bring this back here to the summary of this podcast. You've understood now, well, at least from my perspective, on how purpose should be viewed in life, how meaning should be viewed in life. You can be doing anything. You can be doing anything with anyone. Any vehicle, does not matter. You could be flipping patties at Hungry Jack's at 8.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and you can be meaningful. You can be meaningful to someone like me who didn't have the ability to cook that morning and had to get nutrient-dense food that didn't come with all the bullshit, that didn't come with all the rest of the other stuff that your company sells. But you were there for me. You were there for me, and you weren't getting paid very much to do it. But you were there for me and you were meaningful to me and I was deeply grateful. I was deeply grateful for you being there for me. Fishmonger, 
working class, cleaning toilets, cleaning the gym lockers, whatever it might be. You can approach anything with a mindset of trying to help someone. And that, in my opinion, in my opinion, allows you to, as Victor once said, Victor Frankel once said, that gives you means to bear anyhow. Victor, if you want the original quote, Victor Frankel once said, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. And that is exactly, precisely what I am talking about when it comes to the vehicles. If you understand why you have to use that vehicle, if it is because you want to relinquish yourself of the golden handcuffs of a nine to five office job, which is pretty cushy, gives you some benefits, gives you a nice pay packet, but drains the life out of you. And you feel that I need a complete, I need a complete 180 on this life. I need a complete reconstruction, deconstruction, and evolution to something else. And the only way that I can manifest that is just by moving cities and moving countries, making big changes, wholesale changes in my life. And if that means that I have to do that, I have to get a job that pays a lot less and that is not nearly as comfortable and cushy as the previous one, but actually feels meaningful to me, but doesn't feel meaningful because of the action that it's performing necessarily, not yet, maybe not, but I will infuse it anyway. That even if it means I have to flip patties the first thing in the morning, I will do it because there may be someone and that I know I'm helping anyone but there may be someone who actually really needed me that morning. I was there for them. That that really rings true for me. Like that, I hope you're all sitting there going, nodding and going, that really meant something to Adam. It really meant something to him that someone was open at that hour of the morning to make sure that he could stay true to his uh, nutritional protocol of eating an animal-based diet and not eating r- rubbish. Just got the meat. That person was there for me. It really, it's something that I will always remember. I will always remember that. That's the impact you can have on someone's life. You will never see the end of your giving. You will never see the end of your giving. You'll never see the end of your emotional giving, how you affect people negatively and positively. If you treat people poorly, if you treat people with disdain, if you treat people with vindictive revenge toxicity, you will never see the end of that. You may see them cry now, but you won't see them cry when they get back home. You won't see the way that affects them for the months and the years ensuing, depending on their support structures and their ability to be able to reckon with that. You will never see the end of that negativity. You also never see the end of your positivity. You give someone a hug. Random stranger, beginning of the day. Excuse me, miss. So really random. I just want to say, I hope you have a great day. Can I give you a quick hug? Bam. As long as you are not a axe-wielding maniac, a lot of people are going to be very receptive to that. A lot of people, even if the hug is not there for them, just they'll say, hey, listen, not quite comfortable with the hug, but thank you so much for giving me this love and giving me this positivity. At a bare minimum, they'll say that. I remember once when I was coaching a client in New York. You guys know Barnes and Nobles in Central, uh, in uh, not Washington Square, fucking Union Square, Union Square, Barnes and Nobles, New York City. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you go up the top there, it's like third level. There's a cafe and the seats branch all the way out onto the windows, which look out onto Union Square. Me and my client were sitting up there. We were just taking a break or something. And there was this beautiful woman who was just sitting there doing some art. She was just drawing. Drawing some, uh, actually, a lot of the type of photos that I used to take. Well, she wasn't drawing a photo, but she was drawing an image of a woman with implied nudity. So she had like a slight blanket covering her nipples or something in a kneeling position. It was a really beautiful artwork. And but I, how did I get to all this? Is that I came over to her just to say, hey, listen, can I uh, just come up and say, hey, what are you up to? And and so we were there and we were talking. And then I said to her, we got to talking and she was talking to my client. And I said, 
Yeah, how would you feel about just making someone's day? How would you feel about going up to someone and just giving them a random hug in this cafeteria right here? And she was too nervous. She was like, nah, so weird. Why would you do that? And I'm like, listen, trust me, it's fine. So there's this old man who's sitting two tables away. He's like 60, 65. He's reading his newspaper. He looks super cranky. I chose him on purposely because he looked like the crankiest guy in the room. I go up to him. I'm like, excuse me, sir. I know this is very random. I was just sitting over there with my friends and I just want to come up and say hi and just wonder if I could give you a hug. That's it. And he's like, uh... I don't know about that. And I'm like, listen, it's just a hug. It's nothing weird. I know it seems weird, but it's just a hug. And he's like, nah, it seems a bit weird for me. So I'm not quite sure if I'm there with that, but thank you very much for coming up and saying hi. And then I'm like, hey, listen, that's all right. My name's Adam. And I stayed in the pocket. I shook his hand. And he's like, so what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, it's just me and my friends are over there. She's drawing some stuff. I'm actually from Australia. I haven't, you know, spent, I've only been here for like two days or something. We get to talking. He tells me what he does. And then all of a sudden at the end, I'm like, are you sure? Like, listen, I'm going, but are you sure? Can I not interest you in a hug? And he's like, all right. He's like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> he just comes up and he gets up out of the chair and he hugs me. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Now, I went to extreme lengths. I did go to extreme lengths. I'm not saying you need to go to those lengths. But everyone was better off because of that interaction. I still smile now. I'm still feeling good now. I'm getting endorphin releases now. I'm getting dopamine and serotonin flooding my brain right now because of how good I feel right now, right? I'm sure there's oxytocin flowing through me right now. I'm feeling really good just as a result of remembering that and telling that story for you guys. And also probably because I know that some of you may listen to that and then now at the end of this podcast, see the person next to you and go, hey man, can I give you a hug? Hey man. I mean, I just, first off, my name's Adam. I want to shake your hand. I want to wish you a great life. Would I be able to give you a hug? Yeah. If you guys don't think this is like a practical thing, you can go onto my YouTube channel, The Eternal Energy. The Eternal Energy. And you can search a video in a search bar called How to Meet 10 People in 10 Minutes. And I basically, I don't give every, all of them a hug because some of them didn't want to go that far. But there are a lot of hugs there of a lot of strangers if you want to go check that out. People like love. People love love. Where we where I got off on a major tangent there. Let's bamboo shoot this back. You'll never see the end of your giving. You'll never see the end of how your empathy for someone's situation will extend out into their life. You'll never see the end of when that person goes home. You may have hugged them then and there. You may have well told them that, hey, listen, no matter how hard life is right now, I'm here for you. I got your back right now. You may see them well up, tear up, get so emotional in that moment, but you will not see the end of that. You don't see how that affects them before they go to bed. You don't see how that affects them in two weeks' time when they crash their car, when they fall off the edge of a building. I mean, that sounds really dramatic. Dramatically injured themselves. Short, must be a short building if they survive that. <laughs> when they take a injury of some kind personally, when they, uh, maybe when they lost 70 to 80% of their portfolio on the stock market, as a lot of people are experiencing right now. When shit hits the fan, you will not see the extent of your giving when they may recall just how powerful it was that another human being gave a fuck, that another human being cared enough to give them love, to extend them the very depths of their joy, peace, to really show them what the best of humanity can be. You'll never see the end of that giving. So it's a choice, yeah? Continuing on with the summary, setting your criteria for success. Going to be external or internal? 
What kind of cup will you choose in this life? Will you ever want to pass that cup on? Ideas for you to question. Hmm. External versus internal path. Two sides of the same thread. While things may appear very tumultuous, stormy outside, the sun may not be shining outside on your path in life right now. But never for a second, let that forsake your ability to shine internally. For you to feel the sun shining internally. Just know that this too shall pass. No matter how bad things appear right now, this too shall pass. Have times been good before? Yes. Does that mean times can be good again? Yes. The sun will shine. The sun will shine again outside of yourself. Keep it going internally. And we have the lot or the final packet of this podcast was purpose and relationships. So I don't feel like we need to summarize that. But just on a little nugget here, just on a little target here, just to send you guys to sleep, feeling good. Find the people that you truly care about. Hold them close. Show them that you care. Relationships two-way street. Not everyone will return that same care. That does not mean for a second that you should withhold that care indefinitely, eternally for the rest of your life. This is something that I'm going through right now. It's a hard lesson to learn. That all you may do, all you may want to do is care for someone. And for whatever the reason may be, sometimes, and in my situation right now, the reason is not known because they refuse to tell you. But they refuse that love, they refuse that care. And so you're left to walk throughout the rest of your life with a question. The question of why. But the question of why should never impede your ability to give that love to another person. Closure comes and we'll, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about doing an entire podcast on closure soon. Just not there yet. But I'll just add this at the end here. Closure comes because it builds into the rest of this podcast. Closure comes when you settle back on your purpose in life. Closure comes when you know you did the best that you could. Closure comes when you accept what was and that will, what no longer will be and that what now can be. Closure comes when you put an end to your question marks. The question mark of how other people treat you, why they treated you that way, why they did what they did. And we're talking about relationships here, purpose of relationships. Those question marks may never be resolved. But very similar to the storms outside of yourself. That does not mean and should not give reason for you to question yourself internally if you know that you've done the best that you could. Of course, many times in life, you wouldn't have done the best that you could have. And you will learn from that. That would also settle question marks. When you know you've fucked up, when you know you've made mistakes, to acknowledge that, do everything you can to correct that, to rectify that, to reconciliate for that, and then move forward. Put those question marks to bed, move forward. And that really is the cap on this podcast for those of you that are lost for meaning, bereft of meaning, and feeling like you are stuck in the words of X from Germany, not knowing how to go on. It's okay if you don't know how to go on. Breathe first. Slow down. Remember how rare life is. Remember the gift of what you have available to you. Take stock in what you've already achieved and how you are already so successful by way of being alive. And from there, let's start to build out your life through not only focusing on how you can best develop yourself internally, a being of supreme excellence. Getting your temple, purpose, physical, mental, social development, with an understanding of who you are, your true nature, getting that under belt. And then also, particularly within that first section of the temple, when it comes to purpose, 
finding the vehicle closest to you that you feel like you can help someone else with. You just start start doing that. You just start moving. For a 29-year-old who's almost 29, you don't have to have that all mapped out for yourself right now. That's too much pressure. That's way too much pressure considering that we're living in 2022 right now. Don't make things so difficult that no one could achieve it. Make it so easy that anyone could achieve it. If you just say, how can I start helping people now? Even if it, if it means staying in the same job you're in now, but changing your mindset, or if it means changing job and applying a new mindset. Let's get tactical here. Let's get engineering here. Let's make moves. Let's not stay stuck in the mud. Yeah, there is a way forward always. There's always a way forward. And I hope, I hope X, that this has provided you with some value to moving forward. I thank you very much for reaching out. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate your support over the years as well. Thank you very much for diving into today's session. It was great to have you here. And I'd love your feedback. If you want to send me a message on either social media, on Instagram or on Facebook or through the website, all the links are down below. That'd be greatly appreciated. And if you would like to help to support the podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link or through boldojo.com. Again, all the links down below. Also, if you're not signed up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bold Sip, you can do so over at boldojo.com. Just a quick sip of Social Dynamics, a little cheeky article. It's free every single week. Comes out on Fridays, Australian time, and also some other sexy updates from the rest of the universe and any other things that I think you guys need to know about that will not get censored over on social media. If you'd like to book one-on-one coaching sessions, create action plans, and overcome limiting beliefs to help you move forward in your life across any area of the temple, whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, you can reach all of that through boldojo.com. Send me an email there if you're not quite sure, but you can check out the Bowl coaching memberships or just once-off sessions. And I look forward to diving deeper with you. You can also pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, on boldojo.com. A nice five-track, eh, we call it an album, but it's actually more of a course. Just diving deep into who you are and evolving beyond. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash Adam Uwe, A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Or also directly on boldojo.com in the Boldojo podcast section. There's a direct link through the website if you want to donate through that as well. And anything that you guys donate is always most appreciated and just goes back to help supporting this show and everything that I'm doing here at The Bowl. So thank you very much. And finally, I wish you all the strength and power as you move forward in this life. Not only learning how to interact better with other people, but learning how to interact better with yourself. Much peace and much joy.